0: Any time, any place, anywhere in the East of England. This is the podcast that explores the region's huge potential and unique opportunities. Greetings and welcome to Eastern Promise. I'm Mike Rigby, host of Eastern Promise and your guide to the manifold wonders of the East of England, where the bioscience, bricklaying or bakery in Pisanhall, Poor Pouringland or Papworth Everard, you'll hear about it on this very podcast. After Breckland Council leader Sam Chapman-Allen shared his love for Thetford last week, I've hit the highways and byways of the town. In the company of Greater Thetford Partnership Manager, Jack Weaver, to bring you only a smidgen of the exciting things happening in Thetford. In fact, there's so much to share that to stop this episode lasting over two hours, I've produced an extra special bonus version of the tour. And finally... In honour of Thetford's heritage scene... This obsolete relic will be sharing your top museum choices from across the east of England in... Crowd Sorcery! Previously on Eastern Promise... Breckland 500 square miles of the most beautiful idyllic countryside Uh, for anybody who's had the privilege to come to the fantastic county of norfolk as soon as you arrive within the district of breckland you will begin to see our fantastic breck scenery those those iconic trees those fir trees those fantastic open spaces and the fantastic beautiful opening rolling skies of of norfolk ideal day for me in Thetford is to park up at the Riverside complex and to wander round to the corner to the light cinema and grab a fantastic coffee and a pastry to start my morning. Well, following the suggestion of Councillor Sam Chapman-Allen, leader of Brecote Council, here we are on a glorious Tuesday morning. In Thetford, in the Light Cinema, having a, a lovely coffee with Jack Weaver, Greater Thetford Partnership Manager for Bretton Council and Associated Bodies. Jack, good, good morning.
1: Good morning, nice to be here.
0: Thank you, thank you very much for joining us. And we've picked a great morning for it. Now, what, what, what is it about Thetford? I suppose, sum Thetford up for us in a sentence, if you could, um, about its potential and what you. What, speaks to your work obviously you've been doing this for a while now Um, what is it about Thetford that's drawn you in and kept you here
1: I think I think the thing that well the thing that drew me into Thetford originally was was the opportunity I think in Thetford Um, it's 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 just bubbling beneath the surface It's, it's a classic kind of diamond in the rough story I think and that's that's really has what that's what's kept me as so I've been here about two and a half years now And I think if you put aside, you know, the the pandemic, the pause in everything, uh, pandemic-wise, the that that simmering pot of opportunity has started to boil over, and we're starting to see that as some of our key partners start to kind of emerge from hibernation, and are starting to think slightly differently about sort of the near future and and how to future-proof some of the opportunities in Thetford. So particularly around things like infrastructure. Business growth, um, the resilience of our businesses, um, you know, that the the sort of the the long shadow of COVID has actually in a way been a positive and that people are starting to think quite differently. And that that I think is is sort of the epitome of Thetford at the moment is that we are at a we're at a bit of a juncture now where some of that investment is starting to come to the fore. We've got projects internally at Breckland and at our other local government partners that, that are sort of setting us up to be in a good place for funding um, and and for further partnership working and i and i think just personally over the next five to ten years we're going to start to see some fairly significant growth investment and 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 positive change in therford
0: i mean you're you're so right and one of the things that i i felt i started eastern promise during the pandemic and i really felt that the post-pandemic era, and this is a point I've made again and again, is that it will give us an opportunity to think differently and will highlight those areas of opportunity, a word you brilliantly uh, used straight off the bat as something we, you know this is our moment to really sort of seize that and see where it will take us and where with a, a bit of goodwill, and I dare say a bit of investment too we can, we can go with it, because we are as I say, in the light cinema this, is, this was Sam's recommendation of a, of a place to start our tour. And this was the building, I think. This was the venue that first highlighted what Thetford could be to me, because a mate of mine said, oh, we're going to see the new Spider-Man movie, or, know oh it was Avengers Infinity War. I'm just going to crank in as many Marvel movies as I can. And I, he said, where do you want to go? And he said, and I was expecting him to St. Norwich. And he said, oh, let's go to Thetford. OK. I didn't even know there was a cinema in Thetford. And he brought me in, and I was blown away. And wow. Wow. What a great... I mean, and it's got more... I think only Cinema City, I think... I mean, this is slightly grandiose, forgive the hyperbole, but I think only Cinema City really compare, compete, can compete with the kind of feel that this place this place has. And I know if you're listening in Cambridge, uh, you've got a light of your very own uh, in, in, the se- in the centre. But where are we going to head to today? Yeah, yeah, So I
1: think whenever I drag people around Thetford uh, at, you know, to, to show them the bright lights and the opportunities, I tend to do the... The standard figure of eight with the river at its core, uh, so I think what we'll do is we'll, we'll, we'll turn left out of the, out of the cinema uh, in the riverside area. We'll walk along the river, talk a little bit about some of the uh, public realm opportunities and, the, and sort of the green infrastructure that we're looking at. We'll cross the river, um, head up to the train station, talk a little bit about um, the, the opportunities and the challenges it's fair to say there as well, back down into the town centre and then the, the, the second sort of spur of the figure of eight will have a look at the, the river corridor in the other half of the town, sort of split it into um, swing by Castle Park and then back via the marketplace and the town centre. That sounds fantastic, let's do it. Let's go. So this is, um, this is Thetford Station, which the context of a rail strike is absolutely deserted which yes. may be a good thing for us today. Yes it's very handy for us today. So what we'll do is we head over to the, the, footbridge. The, the footbridge. Well we're in the car park at the moment you can see we've got two fantastic heritage railway buildings. The yeah. one on the right the red brick one is the, the existing ticket office which 18, is 89, in use. it says
0: over the, yep. over the door.
1: Very little has changed since then <laughs> yes. in terms of station, uh, station infrastructure and facilities I would say. We've also got in front of us a classic Um, sort of Norfolk Flint railway building which is completely vacant um, Mm. and and in in real need of some some meaningful use. Yes, I mean if you
0: look at Wyndham Station uh, where there is a lot of activity around Wyndham Station in terms of cafes and piano repair shops and and the like Mm -hmm. and you just look, this is much bigger it seems to me to be a much bigger building, much Greater opportunity.
1: Yes, it is, and I think that the, the geography of where Thetford sits, in terms of the whole of the region, um, yeah. that that's absolutely true. And I think this this building, and again, this is this is an area of focus for future Breckland and other work. Yeah, as another one of those key gateways into the town, quite literally, it is the station. Yes, this building is a huge opportunity to bring a new offer to what we hope to be something of a modal hub, really, for, for, for the area. I like that. Modal hub. Well, we're not, you know, we're not, we're not prejudging what that might be because, again, you know, we're sort of at the mercy of timescales and, and, and when we can get funding to do things. Again, it's got to be in partnership with the rail industry, whether that's shorter term, greater angular network rail, or the near future of what becomes Great British Railways. Mm-hmm. This building does present an opportunity for investment. Yes, Again, that could, that could be public sector. Mm-hmm. I think there is real scope for a private sector partner to come in and do something with that space. There um, really
0: is, yeah. It's, it's beautifully placed. I mean, at the moment, if you've just got off the train at Thetford, it's, sort of the windows and doors are, are instead of an extre- extremely colourful representation of all the things you can be doing. They're Greater angle boards, but they're very, you know, Thetford, Brex. Dad's Army Museum, Charles Burrell Museum, yeah, big big map of all the things you can see and do in the town. So that's there, but yeah, and there's on the other side there's
1: uh, likewise uh, some facilities on the other side. So are we on the, um, the Norwich bound or the? No, this is the uh, this is this would be the sort of the Cambridge Ely Ely bound mm-hmm. uh, track. I think I think you're right. I think what this station does is present a very typical sort of 20th century perhaps legacy of the Industrial Revolution station. Yes. What we want to do more of with this station is is present what Thetford is now and what it's going to be in the future. Mm. And I think yes, as as lovely as this cast iron work <laughs> and, you know, the heritage railway buildings are and, and I and I, and, I, and I, I genuinely mean that. I think it is an yeah. important part of the heritage of the town. What we also need to do and they're not mutually sure, so we can do both is is show that yes we've got that, but we've also got burgeoning high tech industries we've got advanced yeah. manufacturing we've got, we've got some life sciences we've got mm-hmm. a creative industry it is all here this station doesn't yet tell that full story it's very much about the heritage yeah. um, which as, as I said is not unimportant but we do need but to find a way facet, of doing, isn't it? Yeah, we need to find a way of doing both so in terms of what we 're looking at at the moment, we are working with Greater Anglia and as I said by extension network rail on how we can resolve some accessibility issues here mm-hmm because, again, because it's a sort of an 18, 1800s railway setup, the footbridge does not serve the population in the way that it should and that's something that has been well documented. Um, it's, it's not quite nearing the end of its life but it's <laughs> nearing the end of its useful life, shall we say. Yeah. So uh, we're working with um, Greater Anglia on how we can either enhance the existing one to provide step-free access across the platforms yeah. or indeed a brand new bridge Probably at the other end of the platform, right? Um, to provide lift access across, because at the moment we have this situation, and I don't know how common it is, but if you arrive at the wrong platform, and you have no way of getting across the track with the existing footbridge, you've got quite a significant walk, mm. and there's a there's an unpleasant irony yeah. in, in that, which which we need to address, and uh, and as I said, the rail industry are being very very receptive and working with us to to do that. And some of that is absolutely reflected in, in the future Breckland work, yeah. which also talks about the space on the other side of the station. So, in fact, it's probably worth us heading over. We talked to local businesses who say that you know, they've got clients arriving from all over the country or internationally at Thetford. Mm. This is their first impression of the town. And what you see is, the huh, market town, good history. But from just this location, that's all you get? Yeah. And, in fact, from this vantage point, you can kind of see we've got industrial areas to the north of the, the track, of the station, yes. If you want to access them, having got off from Cambridge, for example, you have this track up here, which is again in this weather fine, but not the most appealing. Yeah. You've then got to cross an A road before you get to those industrial and commercial areas, and then in that direction, a similar setup um, to, to get to sort of the um, the other end of that commercial area.
0: Yeah, I mean the, the footbridge
1: gives us a very good view of the white it's canopy of uh, I nearly called it a valance. valance. Not, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's the right let's, term. let draw the valance back. Sort of bring us over this side, because this is another area of opportunity for uh, the station, potentially, and it has been identified again in the future Breckland work. We have a an area of allotment space to, to the north of the station, um, which is relatively well used although there are a number of vacant plots it's a big site there's about 100 allotment plots um on there which i think is the upper end of what's manageable for an allotment space yes yes um, so what what the sort of indicative proposition um and and we are very supportive of is that over a period of time in an iterative way that isn't you know that isn't going to inconvenience people too much is that as plots are handed back or as they're vacated mm-hmm. they're sort of struck from the record and allocated elsewhere in the town. Yes. Which which has multiple benefits because if you are the authority looking after allotments, having mm. twenty, thirty, fifty plots in one space is a lot easier than hundred or two hundred. Yes. It's ju- it just is.
0: Um, I mean once had an allotment yeah. in, in during the pandemic. It was a lot an awful lot of, <laughs> just to do that one.
1: Yes. So So if you're if you're responsible for the sort of the ancillary work on a big plot, it, it's easier to have I'm told multiple smaller plots. So the idea is that they can be reallocated over an iterative time scale so that over a period of time this space becomes vacant. Yes. It can then be invested in and repurposed for several things. So the, f- the first is is around car parking for yeah. the station, mm-hmm. because as you saw, there's about 20 spaces at the station. Yeah. I I mean, it, yeah. It's it's not it doesn't serve the needs of a station that's gonna have the the usage that it will over the coming decades indeed so an element of that is is car parking and again looking ahead you can put in electric vehicle charging you know dare i say some sort of hydrogen (laughs) i don't know where the technology is going to go obviously but 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 future proof that provision um i also think that we're well we're definitely minded to to look at other other forms of public transport and active travel in that same space Mm -hmm. so if you get off the train you can pick up a bike you can take your bike you can get a taxi you can get on a bus you can walk all yeah. from that one modal hub
0: right yeah mm-hmm.
1: so treat it as a bit of an interchange exactly. um, there is also I mean it's a big bit of land you could also look at commercial and residential opportunities yeah which would enhance what we've already got on the other side of this road which is the the Keystone Innovation Buildings so of the Keystone Development Trust Um, have have that site and there are several businesses in there so that's quite a good co-working space Mm -hmm. um, already. Um, You've got the Healthy Living Centre, a relatively new sort of multi-use medical centre and then beyond that you've got a little bit of residential um, and, and a commercial industrial area as well. So this, again, we've got a bit of a physical and emotional barrier. We've got this fence and the allotments before you can get to that. Actually, if we can, in a sensitive and cooperative way, move yeah. these over a period of time, I, I think, and I think the collective view from our perspective is that that, that is worth the investment. To, to, yeah. mm-hmm. to, and again, I reference King's Fleet. We're going to have potentially up to 12,000 new residents living in Thetford yeah, by indeed. sort of the mid-2040s. Yeah. A lot of them are going to be travelling for work. And yes. I think if the trajectory of shifting from you know carbon transport to low or zero carbon transport continues indeed as i'm certain it
0: will it will indeed yes i think you're right there you know
1: getting people onto the trains has has got to happen so in order to do that we've got to create that sense of arrival we've got to have the facilities we've got to incentivize people to to come here so they turn up you know whether they're in a on a car or bicycle or bus they know that they can get on the train they can park their other (laughs) mode of transport (laughs) um they're not going to struggle for space yeah. They haven't got to come into the town centre because that's the other thing. It's, it's, you know, it, at the end of the day, we're talking about a market town, so the road system is not set up for huge amounts of traffic. Yeah. They can come straight off, off the A11 or off the Munford Road. Yeah. Into that space, and that f- then that the the, the 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 happy coincidence there is that you then have you. all that existing car parking space. Yeah. Can be repurposed for something else. Yes. You could have a pocket park there. Yeah. yeah that Sounds lovely. You, know, you could. You could fill it with trees you, you know, you yes can, uh, absolutely This possibility is i think is a is a wonderful thing it's a wonderful position to be in and and, and the other aspect of that is wayfinding into the town center because you know, i mentioned sense of arrival and you know we've for various projects met you know designers and consultants at the station and they have said implicitly or explicitly i had no idea i was in thetford if it didn't yeah. say thetford <laughs> on the board yes you wouldn't know where you, you wouldn't are. know
0: so and that's, it's, it's really an opportunity isn't it to to sort of, as you say, create that sense of arrival.
1: So Minstergate is a is a really important part of the town historically and in terms of our opportunities because the, as I mentioned before, the, the Charles Burrell works that churned out the steam engines in the Industrial I Revolution. See it, yes, was absolutely covered this part of town. Mm. It was a huge, by by the standards of the day, mm-hmm. a huge factory that employed loads and loads of local people the surviving remnants of that factory is the Charles Burrell, uh well what is now the Charles Borough Museum uh, the f- it was formerly the paint shop yeah. so presumably just before things were rolled off um, out of the factory this is where they ended up yeah um, so this is a Breckland Council building we, we, we own the building and then the trustees of the museum run the museum yeah um, In fact, I think it is open today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We could duck our head in. Um, and as you can see, it, it is in real need of some TLC. Um, so we are working with Historic England, town yeah. council, the museum trustees, and my own colleagues at Breckland to um, yeah to, to do some initial work to improve the fabric of the building, and then there's definitely a piece of work on how do we actually enhance the offer of, of yeah. the museum. Um, in fact, I'm going to stick my head in and see if John's Go about... For Go for it. Uh, hello. hello. Hello.
0: Hello. How are John? you? How are you doing? Good. Hello. Good morning. Good morning, good morning.
1: I just thought I'd you? stick my head in and show... Um,
0: there you are! And here we are!
1: Yes. Yeah. Show very Mike here. Yeah. So how are you doing, Jack? Alright? Alright, yes, hello. very well. Nice to meet you. you so this is uh, this is Mike yeah. who hosts a, a regional podcast. Oh ah, okay. um, and we're doing a walking tour of and Thetford right. today. As if by magic my business card appears. Look at that. I wish I had one of those, but That's I'm not rich okay. enough. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> important enough to have yeah. Yeah. business cards. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. We're just we're just heading over to the priory and I remembered okay. that you're open on a Tuesday, I'll yeah, just yeah. stick our heads yeah. in yeah. and whack pop in, have a look around. Um, I can give you the guy, make a cup of tea if you want. It's up to you. Well, we might swing back this way. We're on a bit of a schedule. Okay. Yeah, um yeah, but yeah. I just good I couldn't I couldn't not show him the inside of the no, think, no given, given everything that we're yeah, working we're tra- together, we're on. trying to get sorted out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, by all means. Here we've got Thetford Priory, so this is a twelfth-century, yes, twelfth-century uh, monastery. Mm-hmm. Um, incredibly important to uh, to, to, the, to the well to, to to the history of Christianity generally. Yes. Um, I believe I'm writing, saying this is the penultimate one to be surrendered to Henry VIII. Right. <clears throat> well, wow. in the country. Uh, so it is. It is really, really important. Um, and what I mean, we'll take a walk around, and you'll see the scale of it. And, and it, is, it is an absolutely beautiful site. And English Heritage do an incredible job of, of, of keeping it mm. in the condition that it is in. Um, and we find again these sort of public realm, urban design decisions that are juxtaposed to that. So we've got a very large electricity substation, which is obviously a critical piece of local infrastructure. Indeed, indeed. Um, I don't
0: think we can say it's unimportant. No. <laughs>
1: You know, so, so we've got some work to do, bearing in mind we can't move a 12th century monastery, and we'd have a very hard job moving such an important piece of electricity infrastructure. Yes. How do we work this piece of the public realm to work better for yes. us? And there are, I think, some short-term, low-key things that we could do to shield that from view, which I know yes. is something UK Power Networks are perfectly happy with provided you sort of meet their criteria indeed Um, there's definitely lots we can do about that underpass to improve that yeah Um, and i think some of that can be short term around lighting the use of color street furniture etc yeah some of it may be longer term and then there's definitely stuff that we can do um and this is a this would definitely be a piece of important partnership work to 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 first of all to future proof this site so you know there are accessibility issues of sorts although it's it's not too bad yeah um, There are concerns locally About antisocial behaviour In this site But I'm I'm a firm believer In the Adage that if you Flood an area with people Doing You know Wholesome
0: Yeah everyday <laughs> Wholesome
1: yeah. everyday You know Sociable use of a space the, the The tiny Tiny minority of people That want to use it Otherwise won't Yeah exactly um, Because fundamentally That's that, yeah, That's, that's just human hard, nature yeah. That's human yeah. behaviour um, you know, simple things like, can we open up that main gate there instead of the side one? Um, can we improve this surface? Well, now wow, of, <laughs> you
0: do now, as you say, get a really, it is a massive sight.
1: And it's stunning, isn't it? It it's, really is. It's beautiful, beautiful, and so quiet as well. It is very restful. You think how close we are to that main London road? Oh, yes. As soon as, it's almost, it's eerie, because as soon as you get through that gate, the sound disappears, yeah, it it's is. really unusual. Sure. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Save for elements of the 48th Fighter Wing, who yes. <laughs> are persistent, but they're very welcome. Um, yeah, so this is this. I think I, I keep using the phrase jewel in the crown, and I, you can only have so many jewels in your crown. But but this is absolutely one of them. And I think when you when you compare this to similar sites in the region and and around the country, this is this is punching below its weight. It's a, it's, it's an incredible site. It really is. I mean... And and so well preserved given its age and you know, historical decisions where this sort of architecture wasn't deemed, you know, we don't have to look after it because it's old, you know, yeah, that, that, yeah. That's, that's, that obviously is a, a school of thought that has long since gone. How do you care for a ruin, <laughs> kind of? Yeah, but, um, you yeah, we, we, uh, know, we sort of keep going on about partnership working, we, we have regular conversations with English Heritage because they are, well, they're the custodians of the site, Yeah, they they manage... You know, the, the, all of these sites around the country, whether they're paid sites or free sites, this is a free site. Mm. Um, so you can just come in here and eat your lunch your lunch break, or yeah. if you happen to be... You know, you've got a 20-minute layover between trains, you can just about make it here yes. from the station. Um, it's... it's Yeah. I, I love it in here. I've, I have, on occasion, just come in here for 10 minutes, downtime, really. Yeah. Um, it, it's,
0: it's very... It's... The stillness is, is as you say... Something else. It's almost eerie. as You pass through the gates, and the the, the stillness does descend on you.
1: Yeah, and Um, there's and I I can't remember where they are on this site, but there's a few interpretation panels dotted around that give you a kind of an artist's impression of what the site would have looked like. in the 12th century. You do find yourself looking at the sort of the the, the, the what's left and thinking, "Well, what was this? What was it used for?" Yeah, and and you know, by the standards of the day, it's an enormous building or series of buildings. Yes you know in you know the little thickness of some of these walls and i know i know it's, it's great, almost it? like a fortress <laughs> yeah
0: and the, the that giant the, the archway that's yeah, still with
1: yeah know, absolutely that's
0: a pillar of you know the, up, the the upper story still that's one little sort of finger of the yeah. of the upper story still still stand still
1: standing every um, time i walk around here as well i find like a another little cubby hole Right, yes, a little, I would imagine so. I discovered something the other day for the first time. There's a there's a little um, there's a grate in the ground, which is obviously a, a long since closed up well. Yes. Um, didn't know that was there. <laughs> you know, I've had this job two and a half years. So you've got sort of various of flint-based
0: walls and remnants of walls and arch, arch, what I'm assuming is cloisters for poking yeah, out th- the ground. Yeah, I suspect so. At various levels and... I really didn't... I think this is the first time I've actually been here and I really didn't think it, the site was
1: this big. No, it's big. And, and, you know, you can duck your head in and not realise it goes all the way back to the lodgings. Yeah, absolutely. you sort of see no, the, the, the initial facade. I'm assuming that's the altar there as well.
0: Yes, it certainly has that feel about it, doesn't it? Um, so these sort of shallow steps up to a,
1: a central point. Um, well, there's one of the aforementioned panels. Yes. Uh-huh. This This has the feel of a. There you go, this is a, di- a dining hall, I think. Ah, yeah, there you go, a refectory. I see. And there, these are dotted all over the place, you know. Um, huge, huge site. The other reason I wanted to um, come in here is because off the back of the place branding work, which, as I said, identified those three values, mm. um, I think it's fair to say that over the last six months, we've, we've collectively, in, in local government, not, not really known what's next. You know, um, yeah. I think when you say branding or place branding, predictably, you immediately think of logos and websites, and that's the end of it. But actually, good place branding is a much, much deeper exercise than that. And I think that's the thing that we're we're now we're now starting to get to grips with. So, one of the things that really does activate a brand in a place brand, I should say, is well curated, high quality public events.
0: Yes, indeed.
1: And one of the things that we've discussed with English Heritage is how keen they are to run events in this space that are sympathetic to the environment. Yeah. Um, So, you know, there are certain things you wouldn't want to do in this space for obvious reasons, but there are things that really do complement it. So later this year, on the 31st and 1st of September, we've got um, nationally renowned theatre company, Chapter House, coming to do a rendition of Romeo and Juliet and Cinderella respectively yes. In, in this space here. So ah. um, obviously this doesn't work very well on audio, but there's in the background, there is what would have been the priors lodgings. So effectively I the did accommodation. Wonder, yeah. mm-hmm. um, and then you've got that very large r- sort of surviving retaining wall. That will be the backdrop effectively for those yeah. performances. There'll be a stage in front. Uh, and we are currently selling and running competitions for 200 tickets for people to basically bring a blanket or a yeah. camping chair come in and they're heavily discounted tickets yeah. so this really wow, is about fantastic this is about getting people who perhaps wouldn't ordinarily access that sort of thing in Thetford whether they be residents or visitors coming here and, and this you know, it's end of August so you know still good light the sun will be setting behind yeah. the audience it's going to be absolutely stunning and we're going to we're hoping to get some sort of high quality food and drink off to the periphery you know so it will be a very very sort of uh, almost magical <laughs> use of the space. Gonna yeah, we're going to cut the grass. Cut the grass. <laughs> so this is this is King's House. This is um, well, uh, you can go back far enough. I, I believe James the First had a had a stint uh-huh. here. Um, I just wanted to, see if it's open, pop into King's House Gardens because that's no, no problem. A lesser known little gem. There's a memorial
0: plaque there to uh-huh. various fighter wings. Welcome to King's House Gardens.
1: Yes, so, town council were uh, a while back based in there, but that, that, I mean, that's a very old building. As I said, uh, I'm fairly sure there are records of James I staying there. Yeah. A, that was a hunting lodge um, at, at one time. I think it was James II who was on it. The, the recently James the discovered Second.
0: HMS of Gloucester, wasn't he?
1: Yes. Um, but this, so this is all under the sort of custodianship of the uh, Staniforth Trust, Um, Who who, look look after the grounds and the the building. But again, so many people have no idea this space is here. I know, it's. And it's a really nice little. It
0: is, it's lovely. Little little space. space.
1: There's a bowling green somewhere over here, tennis courts, and lots and lots of lavender. There
0: we go. This this has really been a tour of discovery, Jack. It's been. I'm glad. no, I had no idea this was here. And I worked in Thetford for about two years yeah, and I never no, 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 knew. Uh, I, mean, I uh, admittedly out on the, on, the, on the industrial estate.
1: Yeah, that juncture of the figure of eight, slap bang in yeah. the middle again. Just, in oh, fact, we, you can see the light cinema from here. Yes, and we're back down again yeah. at yep. the bell.
0: This <laughs> Ra- world citizen, Thomas Paine. Englishman by birth, French citizen by decree, American by adoption. Wow.
1: It really is a world town. It is, it? fantastic. I love it. I, I, I love it. So I. absolutely. I like going into the, um, oh, it's gonna run me over. I like going into the various uh, European supermarkets mm. uh, because you feel like you're on holiday. Yeah. He's like, I have no idea what that is, but I'm gonna buy it. Yeah, looks <laughs> interesting. Yeah. That's a jar of something pickled. That looks delicious. I'm just yes. gonna buy it. I don't even know what it is. <laughs> it's brilliant. So yes, we can cut back down Bridge Street and that'll be our... There we go. Yes, we'll have completed a fantastic, fascinating tour.
0: Yes, it's got all the, all the culture and, and diversity of uh, London without being, well, London. Mm, yes. So people are friendly.
1: And things are slow. Yes. In a good way. In a good way. Relaxed. Yeah. A... No one's rushing. No, indeed. I think that's something that we need to be making more of when it comes to, you know, perhaps not immediately, but as, certainly as King's Fleet starts to grow and evolve yeah. into its own community. Indeed. Um, you know, well, actually, if you are looking to, you know, move your workforce or your family or, or, or yourselves out of, you know, a big urban conurbation where everything's a thousand miles an hour and it's all bright and loud and... Why not? Why not come here? Because you can get to all that stuff in an hour. Yeah, if absolutely. If I owned a business and I was looking to, you know, relocate or, 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 you know, expand locally, I would be making a lot more of the fact that we've got incredibly low cost of living. Yeah, absolutely. But, w- but without a drop in quality of life. No, indeed. I'd say the reverse in yeah, fact. Yeah, ab- indeed. A you've step got, up. And, and in that same vein, you've got. Britain's largest lowland pine forest yes. on our doorstep. Two rivers. Did I mention two rivers? Did you mention two rivers? I think rivers. I did. Two, two rivers. rivers. We've got two rivers on our doorstep cutting through the town. You can be most places in the country within a reasonable time scale because we're on a main line. Yep. It's not that busy, but <laughs> it's busy enough. Yes, quite. You know, I, yeah, I think Thetford is in a real sweet spot. And I think when when we get to a point where we have seen some of these projects through to conclusion, and beyond, we will have a collection of local government partners, private sector partners, all of our stakeholders in the charitable sectors, third sector, residents, everyone. Kind this is gonna sound a little bit utopian, but kind of sort of pulling together for the same thing, really. Because I think at the core of everything, everyone that's doing something in Thetford is broadly speaking doing it for the same reason yeah. might be going about it in different ways and they might wear different rosettes at certain times of the year but fundamentally everyone wants this to be a nice place to live, that's safe, that's growing but sustainably that's well connected and that the town centre feels vibrant um, and yeah we're, we're definitely on that journey if, that's, uh, if it's okay to say something as yeah. overused as that um, and there's a lot of work to do, and there's certainly a lot of investment required. But I think when, you know, to sort of bring it back to some of the stuff that um, Sam Chapman Allen mentioned, we're, we're doing that sort of preparatory work now. You know, we've done our place branding. We've got, a, we've got a bit of an agreement on what our values are as a town and what our narrative should be. The Future Breckland Project is adding a bit of meat to that in terms of what are the key projects yeah. that, that we all think could make some meaningful change. Some of them are small, you know, they're about wayfinding and the public realm. Some of them are massive. They're, you know, tens of millions of pounds of investment in, in a particular asset or a particular part of town. But the point is, it's, it is our evidence base. Um, and, and critically, just to further labour the, the point about partnership, we've actually got a fairly decent cohort of people around the same table willing to roll their sleeves up. So. And
0: that, that is critical. That is absolutely critical. And, and that, I cannot think of a better way to end this than what you have just said. Put so eloquently, Jack. Thank you ever so much for showing me South Thetford. It is absolutely dripping with potential, yeah. and you know if you're listening, to, wherever you're listening to this, come and take a look, because if you can see, as Jack said, the diamond in the rough, Thetford's in such a fantastic position. It's mainline. It's on the line to Cambridge. It's on the main road to Cambridge. It's supremely well connected. It's broadly equidistant between two great cities, Norwich and Cambridge, and. There's so much opportunity here if you're minded to seize it. Jack, thank you ever so much my for pleasure. your time today. Thanks very and much. And for being such an elegant, fantastic tour guide. Thank you.
1: Cheers.
0: That was just a tiny, tiny taste of my revelatory tour of Thetford. I had over three hours of material, and there was so much to see and learn that it was incredibly difficult to cut anything. So difficult, in fact, that the original edit of the tour was over 90 minutes long and if you want to hear this bonus extended cut then good news if you check the eastern promise feed on your podcast service of choice or look online at easternpromise.podbean.com you can find this super mega bonus extended director's cut where jack and i spare no shoe leather in pursuit of all the good news about thetford Thank you again to Breckland Council leader Sam Chapman-Allen for last week's interview and to the Greater Thetford Partnership's own Jack Weaver for such a fun and informative trip around Breckland's biggest town. If you're leading the renewal and regeneration of a town in the east of England, be it Wotton or Wisbeach, Whittam or Woodbridge, or anywhere with a persuasive vision for its future, then I want to hear from you. Please do email me at host at easternpromise.com Dot site, or dm me, Mike Rigby, on LinkedIn. From the Saxon chieftains of old to American airfields all across the region, there's no shortage of places to discover the storied history of the east of England. But where to start? Aha! Time for another spell of... CROWD SORCERY Ah, museums. Wormholes to distant times and other places. And we're here today in the non-fictional Museum of East Anglian Sound. Uh, Not to be confused with the various sound archives in Cambridgeshire, Norfolk, Suffolk and Essex, which are very real, very important and, crucially, in no way silly. Engineer 49 is here with me, but he's gone off to look at the exhibit honouring Engineer 48. Brave, brave lady. Oh, listen, they've got the sound of the raw potential of the East of England. Always a favourite. Oh, here's the sound of a P 51 Mustang over Suffolk in 1944. And then there's this. <coughs> that was the sound of a nine-year-old Ted Leggett, nowadays the Culture and Events Officer at Norwich City Council, who writes of his childhood in Great Yarmouth, his school opposite Regent Road, and his visits to the infamous Louis de Waxworks. Ted tells us that upstairs there were numerous famous people that all looked uncannily like Prince Edward. Except for the waxwork of Prince Edward. But downstairs, the Dungeon of Horrors was no place for nine-year-old Ted, and the torture scenes laid out there were absolutely nightmarish. Another son of Great Yarmouth, Richard Powell, OBE, environmental charity advisor and independent chair, has more wholesome and nautical fare in mind. Got to be the Time and Tide Museum in Great Yarmouth, says Richard. I was born in Yarmouth, that's... Richard, not me. And remember, this is a curing works for herring. When I walked to school, you could smell the oak smoke from the curing works in town, mixed with Lakin's Brewery. Blimey. Richard was then lucky enough, as regional chair of the Heritage Lottery Fund, to see the bid for the museum develop. And from there, to be one of the people invited to open the museum. It is fabulous, says Richard. You can spend hours there and get a good cup of tea. A fantastic museum. Well, you can't say more than that. The Time and Time Museum in Yarmouth, our first recommendation, please go there. We promise you will not leave smelling of herring. And on that note, Saul Humphrey, managing partner of Saul Humphrey LLP and the chair of New Anglia LEP's Building Growth Group, writes, ooh, and we help with the construction and refurbishment too. Small world, Richard. Hugh Sayer, chief engagement officer, adds, ooh, I love the Bridewell Museum. I think it's changed its name to the Museum of Norwich, but you know the one Hugh Means. Loads of info on our industrial heritage, including chocolate, mustard, cloth and shoe manufacturing. It even has a jacquard loom, one of the earliest known examples of machine programming using a forerunner of the computer punch cards. Thanks, Hugh. Now, here's this week's guest, Jack Weaver, Greater Thetford Partnership Manager at Breckland Council. A big shout-out for Thetford's trio from Jack, the Charles Burrell Museum. Ancient House Museum and Dad's Army Museum. When you add in the Castle Mound, Priory and Church of the Holy Sepulchre, there's a solid weekend of history to explore. Further afield, Thetford has Warren Lodge, Grimes Graves and countless wartime sites for intrepid Brex visitors. On a personal level and as a military history nut, Jack adds, he loves the lesser-known Mucklebrook Collection in Weybourne, near Sheringham, and the RAF Radar Museum at Nettyshead. Agreed, Jack. Agreed. Digital marketing executive Idalia Cullock writes, I absolutely loved Strangers Hall, a 14th century merchant house in Norwich. Thanks, Idalia. Now, I've personally got a soft spot for the Imperial War Museum at Duxford, and Richard Powell agrees. Duxford is awesome. Again, lucky enough to be part of the new Hangar project with the Heritage Lottery Fund. Many an opening had there, he says. Richard, I await my invitation. And so, as we exit through the gift shop, uh, pausing to browse through the overpriced stuffed toys and greetings cards, it's the perfect moment to thank Jack Weaver of the Greater Thetford Partnership and indeed the good people of Thetford. Next time, my guest will be Chris Sargison, who'll be joining me to look back on his tenure as CEO of the Norfolk Chambers of Commerce and giving us his view from the mountaintop. I'll also be dropping in on the demo day of Tech Educators in Norwich, where you can hear incredibly uplifting stories of determination and grit. And we'll also be talking to the founder of Tech Educators, the brilliant James Adams. Ooh, exciting. So, thanks go as ever to the titan of the transistor, Engineer 49, to all my crowd sorcerers, and most of all, to you for listening. I'll be back next week. But until then, bye for now.